Okay. This week's episode takes a deep dive into the ramifications of not having a shareholder agreement. So let us get into it. Alrighty. Not having a shareholder agreement can harm your practice. It's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? Well, lead a horse to water lead a multiple dental practice or veterinary practice owner owners to shareholder agreements but <laughs> what happens then we're experiencing the escalation in clients who are 25 percent 50 percent owners of their health practices um, and then the escalation is more into uh, the disputes with fellow owners um, life is of course becoming more uh, litigious and your practice cannot be too cautious. So what ongoing agreement is relevant for you and your practice and your fellow practitioners? Uh, if the practice ownership entity is a company, well, um, a shareholder agreement is appropriate. If that company acts as trustee of a trust, a unit holder agreement is likely appropriate instead. So we'll go into um, associateships and partnerships um, in more detail in another podcast. Uh, essentially, the, uh, the the basis of the uh, the ongoing shareholder agreement remains the same in those, in all agreements, um, but there are idiosyncrasies between them that do need to be divulged with you and your lawyer, us. So a shareholder agreement, we'll just go on to, we'll, we'll refer it all to a shareholder agreement rather than an ongoing agreement because everyone necessarily knows what a shareholder agreement is, not necessarily an ongoing agreement. Um, so a shareholder agreement for multiple owner, owner health practice will assist in formalizing practice strategies, whether they are operational or professional, uh, setting out appropriate preemptive rights uh, to purchase the fellow owner's uh, shares, um, detailing enforceable practice restraints um, and including but not limited to uh, addressing admin staff, staff contr uh, control, termination um, from retirement or uh, incapacitation, a um, few, few other fairly critical items, but they're, they're, they're the, the genesis points that we start off with. The shareholder agreement, it secures a lifespan of your practice. Uh, we always recommend a shareholder agreement um, be entered into prior to the shareholders really enter into practice together and we ensure that the shareholder agreement adapts to the um to the practice to, to the practitioners and their practice structure rather than the other way around um like an off-the-shelf agreement where uh you as practitioners need to adapt to the agreement it shouldn't be like that professionals professional practice agreements should be uh produced in uh, for you so how does not having a shareholder agreement um, your practice. Well, without a shareholder agreement, guidance for shareholders is then direct to the company's constitution. 
um, a shareholder agreement acts as the superior document to the constitution. Uh, however, without the shareholder agreement, the shareholders are left guided by a constitution that also similarly, um, if you go for an off the shelf, um, it may not necessarily have been prepared with a health practitioner purview, but like, yeah, a, but a generic um, business business view. So there's a real uh, real delineation there between uh, health practitioners and other business owners. When there are disputes, be they minor or dramatic, um, broad or specific to the health practice, the, there's commonly either no guidance uh, period within the um, off-the-shelf constitution, um, or it actually there's clauses within that off-the-shelf constitution that may act to the detriment of the specific dispute between your, your fellow health practitioner owners. Well, a, a, a case study of this is um, just consider a, a practice owner with, we'll, we'll use dentists in this uh, case study, a, a dental practice ownership structure of four dentists, each with a 25% shareholding in a company um, and one vote each for uh, in decision-making. The, uh, the generic constitutions, the, the, it's satisfactorily provide for a chairman um, to, to steward the, the board meetings, but usually also allows the generic constitution also allows the chairman uh, what is known as a casting vote. Uh, that's an additional vote to their own. So as at a 50-50 split, um, it can be overridden by the casting vote. And is this something really that your practice can afford? Um, factional decision-making, particularly when there are shareholder disputes, can be turbulent for the shareholders. And it may be in their best interest to actually, yeah, excise that casting vote to avoid unwarranted or factional decisions being made. Uh, there still needs to be provision uh, for, for these deadlocked circumstances. In saying that, deadlocks uh, need to be drafted fairly in the shareholder agreement. So back to that, uh, that four, four dentist example. One dentist now wants to sell their 25% interest. So it's critical that the shareholder agreement contains guidance as to uh, for that selling shareholder to actually sell their shares. Um, they, they're selling their shares to either the remaining three dentists or an independent dentist prepared to enter into the practice company, practice group, um, and its shareholding structure. Uh, whilst rights of preemption or options to purchase the shares for the remaining dentists, uh, they are included in our shareholder agreements. Uh, they are not necessarily uh, defined or spelt out in the generic constitutions. Therefore, satisfactory completion of selling uh, the, the shares and managing the shareholder exit, whether be it for um, be it that dentist is, re is retiring or, or um, has been negligent or, or has unfortunately passed away, um, it's usually 
I'd say more often than not, easier to accomplish when a shareholder agreement is actually in place. Um, it removes, uh, the shareholder agreement removes arduous challenges, which can be caused by a silent constitution. Critically, uh, constitutions do not contain practice restraints on their shareholders, nor non-solicitation of patients or employees uh, sections. The shareholder agreements, of course, <laughs> they do. Um, consider this vitally fundamental item that is lacking without a shareholder agreement and the ramifications that could occur in the event that the relationship um, between you and your fellow shareholders breaks down. Our clients without uh, shareholder agreements or well, our, our new clients, because we uh, we really recommend um, any existing client uh, who is a in a group. Um, any uh, we, we're having an influx of new clients uh, without shareholder agreements that are coming to us uh, after they've set up their practice. Um, and they're currently involved in shareholder disputes and are truly regretting that they did not invest at the time that they started up their practice or bought into practice or bought uh, with a one of their colleagues a practice that they did not invest in a shareholder agreement. And yeah, some uh, clients now are paying for it quite dearly. Um, if you're listening, um, if you are a, a multiple owner uh, health pra practitioner uh, or a practice with multiple health practitioner owners, and you may have that sinking feeling that a dispute, be it over a valuation or a possible sale um, or a practice restraint issue, um, you have that sinking feeling that it is looming, that that dispute is looming, you uh, or you are ready to, yeah, uh, commercially secure your practice structure, uh, regardless of whether your practice is, yeah, 15 years old or 15 months old, 15 weeks old. Um, I'm ready, willing and able to assist in drafting the bespoke shareholder agreement for the company and on behalf of the shareholders. So short and sweet, dive into semi-issues with the, uh, the, the the shareholder agreement, what it is. Um, remember all this episode um, provides legal, legal information and is an enhancing resource for, for my clients who are listening and for future clients. I am a partner at Whitehead Legal and I exclusively advise health practitioners um, in their commercial matters throughout Australia, some litigation. Um, Call my mobile to discuss how this podcast relates to your practice and how we can implement legal services with that. My mobile and all my contact details will be in the podcast description. And if you're uh, accessing this via Facebook, you will know where to look in the about section, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. And next week, uh, we might actually have a deep dive or a revisit um, into startups and just we've uh, got some interesting new um, uh, literature out on on startups that I'd like to share. Until then, I'm Julian Whitehead and thank you very much for listening to the Health Lawyer podcast with Julian Whitehead brought to you by Whitehead League.